0: Welcome to Well Wisdom, where we visit with guests and explore topics that help you overcome life's inevitable adversities, both big and small, to find meaning, purpose, joy, happiness, connection, confidence, and strength. This is the essence of resiliency, the ordinary magic that we are all capable of. I'm so excited to be here today with Dr. Aliyah Vujliova, who's an organizational psychologist, strategist, coach, dedicated to working with leaders and teams to unlock potential, strengthen alignment, and stimulate innovation and achievement. Her expertise includes organizational design, leadership development, experiential learning, coaching, and leader and organizational resiliency. She's done an incredible amount of research and work with how curiosity can build leader resiliency and organizational resiliency and improve performance for us as individuals and for organizations. We're just so excited to have you here today with us Aliyah from New Zealand to talk about curiosity. Welcome.
1: Thank you so so very much. Kia ora everyone. Thank you so much for
0: having me back. It's a real yeah. pleasure. Oh it's our pleasure. I'm, I'm tickled for you to be here. So let's dive in. Tell me why curiosity is an important topic for you.
1: In fairness, I never expected it to become as pronounced or as formal as it has become in my life, but some time back. So in 2013, after some years of serving with the New Zealand Defence Force, I was deployed to the Middle East to serve on a large mission called UNSO, the United Nations Truth Supervision Organization. My aim at the time was to take some time off on a personal level from being a psychologist and just to be a normal military officer, um, whatever that might mean. But in May of that year, after some complex and tumultuous months in the Middle East and in Syria in particular, me and two of my colleagues were taken hostage in Syria. So, three of us, unarmed, were taken hostage by 38 armed militia members who argued that the intent was to, um, they literally put it as put a, uh, make a bad video of us. And videos of decapitation were commonly used between. Worrying part is to emphasize commitment to the mission. So in that moment, the prognosis wasn't particularly good for us. We didn't really have much to hope for based on what we knew about this particular group. Nevertheless, after a little while, we managed to talk our way out of our predicament and walk away from that experience with renewed sense of hope, faith in the fact that we can connect with people, even if it might be our worst adversary. as as it felt at the time. And also for me personally, an insatiable desire to understand more, more about how we can be and how we can be better than we uh, predicament found us. And in that moment, I I, I must say, I I, uh, have to emphasize this, the importance of this person in my life over and over again, Professor Catherine Pavlovich, the person that I started my PhD research with, she actually stumbled upon the word curiosity about this particular incident and said, is it possible? Is it possible after everything you've told me about this incident, that it could be curiosity that saved you? Um, And so it was in that moment that I then went back to the New Zealand special forces where I had previously spent six years of my career serving with and explored. And as luck should happen, um, curiosity was indeed a huge factor in supporting and growing resilience in individuals, teams, and organizations, just as we found in that dreary May time in 2013
0: in Syria. So that's my journey to and out of it, really. That is just an incredible story. And I'm so grateful that you were here with us today to tell it (laughs) and that you safely moved through it. And... um, Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine, but it's fascinating. Um, you spoke about several different things. So it wasn't just one thing, but then you know, the, the professor that you were working with when you were doing your research for your doctorate program said maybe it's curiosity. So I'm kind of curious why that didn't pop out as a direct link. And then when it began to surface, what were you noticing?
1: Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting? I remember my reaction to the word curiosity the first time Catherine mentioned it. And it sounded a little too sort of naive and clumsy to be using that word, particularly when we're trying to think of so many other things. We're thinking of technical stuff, we're thinking of skills, we're thinking of hard capabilities that might have been developed over time. But once she mentioned the word, you know, when you begin to explore it, particularly when I began to explore it with individuals and teams that are so pragmatic and are so accustomed to challenging themselves in situations of acute ambiguity and unpredictability, it suddenly gave me that sense of it being what it should be seen as deep, profound, but also readily accessible capability for all of us. So my sense is the reason why most of us aren't spending as much time as we should on the power of curiosity, particularly when it comes to the power of curiosity and support of resilience, mm. is that there's some conflicting messages about curiosity. Now, there's some cultural and some historic, and in fact, some religious cues around why curiosity might not be a very big subject for most of us. Uh, but historically, curiosity has been seen as something that can in equal measure be damnable and frivolous, as well as extraordinary and magnificent. You know, It has been seen as the stuff of magic, uh, as well as the stuff of idleness, you know? And so most of us are busy being pragmatic and being applied and doing things. And so sometimes curiosity, a little like practices of mindfulness and meditation, seem a little kind of new. Shouldn't you be doing some concrete stuff? Curiosity takes a particular kind of discipline and that's a discipline of being in the moment and looking to discover, sometimes without knowing what you're searching for. And so that's not that's not something we we condition ourselves as grown ups to do as much as we should, but all of the work we have done over the last uh, nine years now, in particular, and all of the work that has preceded, consciously and otherwise, around the people I've worked along with, makes curiosity an absolutely a vital necessity.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. And it's so true because we think of it maybe as childish or frivolous or just like, no, let's get back to business. We've got to move forward and get and find the answer instead of just go on this journey of curiosity to discover things maybe we hadn't anticipated or, or thought about. So I that is fascinating. I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm wondering, um, you, know, you brought up like cultural things, religious things. I don't know if any of that is something you might wanna dive into that you think might be important to our listeners, the connections with curiosity and those different ways of viewing it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm not sure whether you have this character, but my first association that in fact, the first association with the participants that I did in the initial research with it was this character called Pippi stockings you know it's a bright bouncy girl that has you know it just runs around and just aimlessly looks for things in in, to, to entertain herself by um so that's the instant association that we do have I feel as if over the last wee while particularly in in sort of our worlds you know um we're getting stuff done and having you know um, lists with boxes on it that need to be ticked that sort of stuff stays on the way of curiosity a lot of the time or we think it does but what we're forgetting is that some of the most powerful meaningful tectonic shifts that we crave or we may notice if we give ourselves the space in the time the micro moments between what we anticipate can improve evolve and change things much for the better not just for ourselves but for the world around us um, and so I think we have always had both. I think we are, we are born to be curious. You know, some of the most extraordinary experiences that we have in our lives are because we have allowed ourselves to be that. Uh, but sometimes we get too busy with the white noise of the day. And what we, what we plan for can sometimes make us miss out on the things that are possible.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, it's so funny. So many things that can really help us build our resiliency and get through tough times are innately within us as you describe curiosity being. And I love how you spoke to micro moments too, because it doesn't have to be some big like cataclysmic something going on. It can just be these little micro moments, which are so accessible to each and every one of us over and over throughout every single day, which that's encouraging and and just so good to hear. So I'm wondering how would you describe the connection uh, for our listeners to curiosity promoting or building
1: resiliency. Thank you. So one of the interesting uh, discoveries that we had is as we continued on asking the questions of how does curiosity play a part in resilience, the theme that I kept on hearing or the words that I kept on hearing is the right attitude. Curiosity allows you the right attitude in exploring complexity um in being in states of ambiguity change and unpredictability and we spend a lot of time wondering precisely how that might be interestingly even till this day there is there are kind of a the sprinkles of evidence and data that exists in the space of curiosity and resilience independently but the bit that was missing was how do these two things align together. So for example what we what we discovered, or what we kind of were able to underline through these experiences in research, was that curiosity helps us in the moment, right? So it helps us experience stress, challenge, ambiguity, the stuff we have all been exposed to in abundance over the last couple of years, a little bit differently. It allows us to view what we might otherwise see as a closed up loop or a um, sort of unfixable situation from a slightly different angle. It gives us a space for the question of, I wonder whether, I wonder how. And just that extra little bit of time, we mentioned earlier, a micro moment, creates a space for us to explore alternatives. Even if it's long enough for us to avoid the risk of becoming overwhelmed. You know, in in, um, psychology, you know, they speak of things like cognitive closure or um, cognitive failure, and so this is the stuff we don't want to get to. We don't want to see ourselves fixed in our predicament. We mm-hmm. want to see ourselves being able to see it from a different angle, tilt it slightly, choose whether to feel ourselves entirely engulfed in it or whether we can change things just a little. And when we change things just a little, another minute arrives. And in that minute, the new question can emerge if we give it space. So it's about managing these experiences from a different angle in the moment, but also what I love about it is that it helps us build resilience and sustain it in the longer term. Mm-hmm. So with every one of these exposures, you get that cumulative growth that happens, right? You get the fact that you have asked yourself and wondered a little longer in that moment allows you to wander some more from a deeper, more solid foundation as you progress. And so the cumulative skills, capabilities, knowledge, interests that develop over time allow us a far broader foundation from which we can spring forward in situations that um, come ahead of us. And then, and then a third one um, is really, how do we label these experiences? Now, we know that fundamentally curiosity is about this thing, they call it the novelty bonus, right? So we get excited about discovery irrespective of who we are. But depending on who we are or what we think we've got left in any given situation, we might leave a little less space for that novelty bonus. And that can deprive us from the possibility of seeing things from from a new angle. So by harnessing curiosity, be that situational, self or interpersonal curiosity, we allow ourselves more space for that bonus that we get, that novelty bonus. And in the back of
0: that, we gain the other benefits of curiosity and thereby resilience. Wow, that is so well said. And I just can see with curiosity, we can expand just our thinking, our agility. We can all of a sudden notice more options that are available to us to achieve what we want. And I love how you say it kind of is sustainable because once we broaden, we can then build on that and we can keep broadening and building. So fascinating. So if we or one of our listeners want to build their curiosity What might they do?
1: I keep coming back to the experience that we had in Syria. Um, And and sometimes situations where you feel there is nothing much you can do about your predicament are actually really good times when you can start focusing on viewing things, being in things, experiencing things without necessarily having an expectation. The reason why I mention this is the best thing to do is to practice and challenge ourselves to just sit with an experience and observe it without expectation. Really curiosity doesn't have to have a name, but when we do sit in an experience or observe an interaction with that, from that place of, I don't have an expectation around how I'm going to engage with this, but I can allow it to be for a minute and just study it. Mm-hmm. This is when the penny drops, right? This is when we get these perfect little moments of going, ah, oh, I'm noticing this thing here, this is fascinating. So what if we challenged ourselves to that a little bit more? I think one of the most powerful experiences for us is always in the moments where we start to view things that we knew we, we had, we understood from a slightly different angle, right? And so sometimes just being with things, letting them be without expectation, right, listening to explore rather than to respond, incredibly powerful. But equally, um, I know, Beth, you are amazing at the practice of mindfulness. Practicing that some more, that can help us enhance curiosity and therefore resilience. This extraordinary stuff happening all around us, um, you know, in tiny little pockets. It's just really just being in the moment a little longer um, can be incredibly helpful as a starting point.
0: I love you saying that, I'm, you know, as you were speaking, I just couldn't help but thinking about mindfulness. And I really do think it's like a golden thread that weaves its way through so many different resiliency resources. And I think just the way that we go through life, we always have that to-do list like you spoke about earlier. We're pragmatic, we're trying to achieve something, move forward, get things done. It's so rare for us just to be and to notice. And um, even in topics like self-compassion, you know, I think it's hard sometimes to be with what's painful, that can, that can be very uncomfortable and we're not wired to do that, or even with what's not known. So we sometimes rush and then we miss those wonderful micro moments of life that can bring us so much joy and even that novelty. And um, yeah. I'll be totally honest, I've never looked at the neuroscience of curiosity. You might know a little bit about that, but I bet there's some dopamine that goes off with Absolutely. curiosity. Do you wanna share a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I guess a lot of the space that sits, um, a lot of the research that sits in that space is really about this novelty bonus I mentioned earlier. Um, and I, I want to I want to simplify it so that we can feel as if we all have access to it, you know? But I guess if we, the I do want to make a point of this, actually. If we go about predicting, trying to control, and influence, shape, grapple with life, what we get to know, I mean, we've, we've all felt it, we've all seen it, what we get to experience is oftentimes the worst case scenario that we were preparing for, right? But every now and then, if we just allow to let that grip loose a little bit, and if we begin to go from deja vu, that thing of, oh I had this yesterday, ooh, I, you know, I could, I could feel that same thing happening over and over again, to something that sounds more like jeû de vie, right? So we are having a new experience. <laughs> what if I see that from a new light? Then different things begin to happen. Uh, different parts of our brain become activated. We begin to tap into different ones of our resources, right? So we're not following, we are wired to follow a predictable script of life, right? We are wired, you know, our brain loves the familiar, even if it is not necessarily the most optimal. And I think when you're thinking about the neuroscience of curiosity and what parts of the brain can become activated in that process and how we can enrich our experiences, then really there's nothing much for us to lose by taking that path, right? It's just kind of, you mentioned earlier, broadening and building, which is very much a resilience reference, uh, but it is fundamentally the step of curiosity that does that, right? How can we, how can things look different and better if we just allow us to, to explore a little longer? That's all.
0: So I, oh, that is so insightful. And it just makes me want to do a whole nother show on the neuroscience behind this. And, and yeah, I can definitely see the connection to mindfulness and even beginning to feel um, confidence and empowered because through your own curiosity, you can, figure out solutions to things, you know, and and envision maybe something and bring it to light that you couldn't even imagine before you started getting curious. So I'm just wondering if we are um, in a situation, maybe it's a work situation or even hanging out with family or friends and we see that maybe curiosity would benefit our group, is there something we can do to promote curiosity with others?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think the first, I've learned to really try and practice empathy a whole heap more when I notice that curiosity can play a, a, a greater part in, in a situation. And the reason for it is that I think in order to help people become more curious, those around us be more curious, we have to first understand what stays in the way of it or what might be the opposite of it. Mm-hmm. And we have to be compassionate around this. so sometimes it is, unconscious biases that stay on the way of it right we make shortcuts we like to take these shortcuts quickly particularly when we're pressured so that we can feel safer in the predictions that we make so there is that fixed mindedness that we can that can we encounter sometimes we can find fixedness that's my favorite new word being fixed <laughs> into a situation or a scenario or not being willing to see things from a slightly different angle And because there is so much that sits behind it, consciously or otherwise for us, about those moments of being fixed in in a thing, it's difficult to wrestle with. But what's far more easy for us to do is to find that capacity of compassion and that that capacity to really sit along with and instead of empathy to display empathy to those around us who might be experiencing this lack of curiosity about a situation or experience. Um, And in sitting with it, the starting point might be exploring what might be the feelings that stay on the way of curiosity, what might be the fears that stay on the way of curiosity. Again, an e- even easier shortcut is to present a different nuance that perhaps has not been considered to help explore kind of be, add a different nuance or help those individuals or, or, you know, the context that we are in become a little bit more interested in what other colors might be a part of this. Picture that we are painting together. So it's really, how can we brighten this differently?
0: Yeah, and I mean, would that was so well said. And I'm just wondering, as you said that, if we're curious, just by the nature of us being curious, we probably will encourage others too, to be curious. Because as we look at the different colors in the painting, as you describe, they'll begin to see them as we're talking about them, asking about them. And I love the fact that you say, we need to do this with compassion and empathy because, I'm sure one of the things that is opposite of curiosity is judgment, putting something, you know, in a category or a box or whatnot. And so we definitely don't want to fall into that trap just to keep mm-hmm. things open and flowing. That's and, right. Um, I love that. Bit.
1: It's it's really leading the way, right? It's show the color to be seen. I really appreciate that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, no, I appreciate. Oh my gosh, you've shared so many great insights. So as we begin to wrap things up, I'm just wondering if. There um, any additional things that you think our listeners need to take away in regard to curiosity, specifically in helping them build resiliency and just enhance their well-being?
1: I feel that there is one that I'm practicing, um, trying to practice a bit more actually, and it's a heuristic, a rule of thumb that um, came to us when we were conducting our initial research. It's mind where your mind goes. So we started off by saying curiosity doesn't have to have a name. And in fact, oftentimes, the most powerful curiosity, particularly for resilience, is one that allows us to explore without intent. But every now and then, in order for us to make space for curiosity, we have to pause long enough to notice where our mind is going. Now, I know most of us have been in this COVID experience far too long to... um, have you know some of us have even forgotten how to breathe or how to make space for these simple things in life that used to make us happy and excited and relaxed so really minding where our mind goes and noticing where we are heading with our assumptions and thoughts is incredibly important if we mind that space a little more and help direct it a little bit more towards the positive then growth can happen then we can make that space for nurturing curiosity right nurture the soil within which it grows mm-hmm. so just noticing a little bit more around what is the narrative for life that we are building where is our mind going and is this the most optimal way for us to be even if it isn't necessarily um you know the easiest to challenge it's incredibly helpful for us to take that direction so mind where your mind goes (laughs) i
0: love that and that feels very mindful to me too so um Mm -hmm. I just have to point out before we go to a close, um, I am so excited. I've enjoyed this conversation so much and I'm going to let Aaliyah let you know how you can follow her and you're going to want to do that. You're going to want to keep an eye on her because she is working on a book on resilience that as soon as it comes out, I know I'm purchasing it. I've just enjoyed this conversation so much. So please tell our listeners how they can connect with you, follow you and know when you have some new resources surfacing.
1: Thank you so much for this, Beth. So I'm on LinkedIn and I will be more than delighted to connect with anyone who is willing to explore curiosity and resilience along with me. And me and the team that worked along on our initial research will be thrilled to share a book later on this year, which will be the playbook on curiosity where uh, resilience will feature heavily. So I'm really, really excited to be able to contribute with this and and bring it out there for all of us to enjoy.
0: This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Aliyah, for joining us here today and just sharing all your knowledge and wisdom and insight and even the precious story um, about you and being able to survive a really difficult situation because of curiosity. So there are some precious gems you share with us today, and I am looking forward Uh, to connecting with you again in the future. I would love to have you back when your book comes out and talk more about resilience and curiosity. But before we leave, I'd just like to share a simple wish with you and our listeners. May you be happy, may you be healthy, and may you be endlessly curious. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me. I hope you found today's well-wisdom inspirational and empowering Is there a golden nugget you can bring forward into your life and perhaps even share with a loved one, friend, or colleague? Here's to you and your amazing ability to be resilient, to create your very own ordinary magic. Until next time, well listeners.